Welcome everyone to the MCG and well what a great thrill it is to be able to utter those words again. I'm Anthony Hudson and this is a special introductory episode of At The G which is a brand new podcast to celebrate the magic of the G and, and indeed the magic of being an MCC member as we look back on the moments that mattered in this stadium's incredibly rich history. We're going to relive some of the great stories that have been lived out on this famous ground through personal recollections of of not just the athletes that perform those amazing feats, but also the coaches, administrators, media, and just as importantly, you, the members who witnessed them. And it won't be just footy and cricket, although there'll be plenty of that, because this stadium has hosted so many great sporting events, including, of course, the Olympics in 1956 and the 2006 Commonwealth Games and also some momentous non-sporting occasions such as fantastic concerts and even the Billy Graham rallies, which still hold the record for the biggest attendance at the G. More on all that in a moment. As I said right now, I'm overlooking the MCG, which in these times is a great thing to be able to say. And look who's wandered in from the offices of the Melbourne Cricket Club, but the president of the MCC, Michael Happel. Welcome, Michael. Great to have you with us. Thank you very much, Anthony. Terrific to be here. It is fantastic to be here because obviously the members and, and the, the greater sporting public have really missed being able to come here. Yes, it's just extraordinary times and uh, it's very sad to come here in the middle of football season and see the empty stadium, uh, but hopefully things will change soon and, um, and it's great that you're doing these podcasts and really looking forward to members engaging through them and, and still getting a, a feel for things at, at, at the G and, and the history and what have you at this time while we're waiting for the action to resume. Yeah, it's, look, it's been a wonderful project so far. We've really only just started. It was very hard to know where to start. We chose the Commonwealth Games from 2006 for our first couple of episodes and some really memorable nights there. Can, can I ask you, what role has the club played in your life and, and, and your, also your earliest memories at the MCG? Well, if I start with my earliest memories, they're a little bit different to a lot of Victorians because I, I grew up in Brisbane. And I lived there till I was 12 years old, but Dad was mad keen on AFL, which was um, pretty unusual for someone in Brisbane, but he was a Victorian. So I used to watch the late-night replays uh, in Brisbane on a Sunday night. They didn't start till 10pm, so as a, a young lad, it was pretty hard to stay awake for them. So when we moved to Melbourne in 1973, I vividly remember coming to the opening game of the season between uh, Melbourne and St Kilda, about 53,000 people at the ground. A couple of my schoolmates uh, brought me along uh, into the members and uh, I'll never forget that game. It was fantastic. And then my first grand final was 1979, the famous Wayne Harms miracle on the boundary line. Uh, my uncle brought me along on his guest card and... Uh, and uh, I just I've always been mad on sports so from a from a very young age I was a very regular attender at the ground and uh, you know have I have my own magic moments here like everyone. I'm sure we'll get to that 1979 grand final at some stage through the episodes. What stands out to you of of the feel of the ground? It's so different for different people. 
everyone has their own take on what what's what's important to them about the G. Uh, if you're if you're into the history of sport, then you love the fact that the first test cricket match ever played was played here. Uh, you love the fact that it was the MCC committee that that wrote the rules uh, of of the uh, of the the new game AFL as it was at the time. And everyone's got their got their magic moment. It, it doesn't. You don't even have to be an AFL or cricket fan if you love athletics. You know, it was probably Kieran McCann coming into that uh, into the stadium with the Kenyan runner hot on her heels in in the the Commonwealth Games and uh, and just getting away from her in the last literally three sli- strides. So um, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Everyone's got their own take on what their magic moment is. I guess it's also a shared experience, isn't it, being a member? Has, has that been true for you? I think it was the friendships uh, that you developed. That's one of the great things about being a member and watching it for the members is everyone develops their own little rituals about how they come to the ground and how they enjoy the game. For me as a youngster, there was a group of my schoolmates. Uh, we all used to come together um, and mum and dad would be um, on level two near the mezzanine in the old stand and we'd pop up there at half time and have a bit of a coffee scroll and a, and, and a cup of tea uh, that mum used to provide. So I think every, everyone loves their own little rituals and everyone evolves their own uh, at the ground over time and that's a, you know, that's a very special part of things as well as obviously the action on the ground. And, and part of what we're doing with the podcast is to be able to interact with the members in, in a different way. Obviously, it fits in pretty well at the moment because they're unable to come to the footy. They are, and it's just it's just heartbreaking. The first time I came here after the season had started, well, after we had that that first game, and we knew we weren't going to have any content for a while, just just absolutely heartbreaking. But it is an opportunity for us to um, keep moving forward in terms of how we serve the members. Um, we're very focused on getting better digital offerings, and I think. We're doing a lot of strategic thinking about that during this period, and these podcasts, uh, you know, are a piece of that, and and that's terrific because we do we do have to compete with the uh, the product um, of of staying at home and watching sport, uh, and that's going to be a big thing for us in in the, in the future to make sure we have a great offering here, which includes all the relevant digital ha- enhancements, so that coming to the ground is is still a really attractive proposition for everyone. And, and the great thing about the MCG and even in just starting this project that what the redevelopment has done is while we, we look forward and there's so much great action and it's just a fantastic uh, place to come and watch the footy or the cricket or whatever sport is on here, it still holds the history so well, doesn't it? And that's what we'll be trying to unpack to a degree. There'll be moments that people remember so clearly like Karen McCann and that having worked through that episode now, that, that is such an emotional moment and it became more emotional, obviously, with what happened to Karen afterwards. But um, Craig Mottram in the second episode will do. Uh, he was the great hope, the great local hope, which every Games has, and the pressure on him, and he, he talks so strongly about that. And then, you know, where do we start with footy and cricket? I mean, there's just so many memories. So, And then and the history that goes all the way back, you know, the Olympics, and already spoken to Bruce McAvaney about what that does to a ground to have been a host of an Olympic Games. And then as I touched it in the start, there's the added the concerts and even some of the some of the stories with the pregame entertainment and and then the Billy Graham and the role that the ground played in the war. I mean, there are literally and the museum I know 
you know, and, and that's part of a passion of yours, both the, the sport museum, but just the whole museum with the ground and, and the history that tells. There's, there's so much here, isn't there? There is. Um, w- one of the most amazing ones for me was uh, back in 2013, I was over at Lords watching the watching Australia playing the Test cricket there. And uh, it was when Liverpool were playing uh, Melbourne Victory in a friendly here and I was sitting with the then CEO, Stephen Goff, at dinner and he just got the text through to say there were 95,000 people at the ground to watch a soccer match. And we just weren't expecting anything like that and that just... It just shows how this ground is different things to different people but it just also shows the great passion uh, for the Melbourne people for sport and and for this ground that that's the bit still to this day the biggest crowd that Liverpool have ever played to more shortly with MCC president Michael Happel but I did want to give you a quick preview of what's coming up on at the G and we've decided to begin with the 2006 Commonwealth Games and that unforgettable and emotional performance in the women's marathon from Karen McCann if you want a moment to remember your life Karen running into that stadium and saying, I'm going to win this race, despite the fatigue with 300 metres to go and fighting off a world-class Kenyan to win, it's not a bad memory to have. Protocol will have, you present the medal and you, I don't know, you know, kiss on both cheeks or something and then off you go. And I, this just overcame me and I just, we embraced for about a minute. It was the longest embrace in history and I think I broke all the rules and all that, but I didn't care. I was I was sharing this moment with Karen. It was an unbelievable moment, and the emotion for both of us who've been on such a long journey together was just palpable. We watched the last 20 minutes together when Karen was dying, and I've never seen it since, and probably won't chase it again because I don't think I could be as moved. It's one of the great moments, um, certainly in my broadcasting lifetime. Karen McCann's emotional story will highlight our next episode of At The G which will also take you behind the scenes of an incredible and uplifting opening ceremony, a night when a W-class tram flew onto the MCG. He's the great symbol of Melbourne coming in. The flashing lights on the front of the tram, the wings. Isn't it marvellous? I got asked for years after it, how many people were actually in that tram when it flew off the roof? We'll answer that and tell you how they did it, as well as remembering when Ron Barassi walked on water. I mean, that was the big thing if you fell in the river. I was conscious of you not falling into the river. Well, anyone, who the players too. We're all getting stuck into Ron beforehand, making sure that he just kept his balance. We're a bit concerned. <laughs> but, um, but no, that was a great experience. And in episode three, inside the mind of middle distance star Craig Mottram and his two extraordinary races at the Games. Now, everyone that competed at the MCG would know this. It's a cauldron. You go in. It was dark, it was about 9.50pm I think when I ran my 5k, so it was pitch black, you could only see the stars and the lights coming down from the floodlights that were lighting the whole joint up, so it was very intimidating, but I was really relaxed throughout the whole process and you could see a lot of other athletes that were either new to it or hadn't prepared well enough for it, it just it breaks them down and they get to the start looking to get out of it, where I was at the start line really looking forward to getting into it. Craig Mottram's dramatic Commonwealth Games is coming soon. So they're coming up to 800. McCormick happy to lead. Oh, there's a ball. Mottram's gone down. Mottram's gone down. But now let's get back to our chat with MCC President Michael Happel as Michael looks back on his first year in the job. The things that I'm most proud of were, number one, the awards we got for our customer service uh, uh, program. 
uh, we won a global award for the best customer service, not just at a sporting stadium, but for any business globally. And that was uh, that was a terrific honour and a great tribute to the the work that had been done by the whole management team and uh, our whole casual wor- workforce that uh, that runs the ground during match day. Who, of course, you know, don't have a job at the moment, which is uh, which, which is very sad. Also very uh, proud of the way we executed three very major projects uh, last year. Uh, The refurbishment of the Australian Sports Museum, which is incredibly important to us in in the context of really giving the the next generation of Australians a great taste for for the history of sport in Australia so that we can hopefully get them as enthused about sport going forward as as we all have been because they don't play as much sport as they used to, so that's really important. And also on the ground, the new LED lights and the new sound system, about $55 million worth in those three projects. So a, a pretty big year for capital projects. They've all, they've all gone very well and we're really happy with, um, with the outcomes of all three of those projects. Broadly, what is your vision and, and hope for the, for the club in the foreseeable future? Albeit, albeit that we've run into a bit of a hiccup and everyone has. Yeah, my vision in the long term, it, it is very much around the love of sport for me. Uh, I'm, I am very concerned that we don't take for granted that the next generation will turn up to this ground uh, in the same way as we have as generations of Melbournians. Uh, as I said before, uh, the, the new generation don't all play sport in the same way, so it's not, it's not so natural them to, to evolve into this, this love of sport off the back of playing that that we've all got. So we do have to make sure this coming to the ground to watch is still something that's really attractive for the next generation. I mentioned the Australian Sports Museum. Uh, That's important for them to understand the history. I'd love it if every primary school child in Australia at some stage during their primary school got to go to that museum and taste it and experience it. Also, uh, participation, we're doing a lot of work on ramping up sporting participation through our sporting sections, which is a, another part of the club, obviously outside of the ground, but we've got um, a, a, a lot of sporting sections and we want to really increase the participation through there. And also access to sport for those that it, it, it may be hard. Um, at the moment, we're supporting the Bashahooli Foundation as a partner. Uh, we're a partner for Special Olympics Australia and uh, we've also just uh, worked with the Melbourne Footy Club to to put turf on an oval in uh, at Santa Teresa, just out of Alice Springs. So those community projects for those that that can't necessarily ask, access sport in the same way are hugely important to us going forward as well. Just to hear you talk about the participation, uh, what about your own sporting achievements? Uh, I've been a, a been a sporting tragic all my life. I absolutely love it. Love footy and cricket at school. Um, played district cricket for a few years, uh, but I then discovered the obscure sport of real tennis, and ah. that became my great passion in life. And I played that competitively. Travelled the world to, to play in it. Um, Travelled the world. I think this could be a whole podcast episode on oh, its own. No, no, I think uh, I think I was smart enough to realise that I I didn't have the talent to excel at the mainstream sport, so I had to pick a minority one to uh, to, uh, to to get somewhere in. But I still love playing real tennis. Uh, I'm a very keen golfer, and I also play quite a bit of normal tennis, as I call it. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, who do you barrack for in the footy? I barrack for Melbourne, always have, was one of those things that uh, I inherited that I wasn't allowed to change and my, my children are the same, they, they think it's one of the curse of being, 
curses are being brought into our family is that they, they haven't yet seen a premiership, but we, we live in hope. Yes, well, Melbourne fans uh, will definitely do an episode on what it's like to be a Melbourne, an MCC Melbourne barracking uh, member. So that's one to look forward to in the future. We've touched already on, on COVID-19 and the impact it's had. First of all, how difficult has it been for the club just to get an assessment of the impact it's going to have and, and what, what it all looks like? It's been very difficult because, as everyone knows, when this crisis was evolving, really we had no idea where it was going. And we were doing different financial modelling every week uh, and the, the whole picture sort of evolved and we now have you know, a fairly good idea of the different scenarios that may play out. But in the early days, we were, we were really in the dark. So it was, it was very tricky to work out what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing in those early days. But I'm very confident we've now got a roadmap uh, regardless of which of the various scenarios turns out to be the one that, that plays out. So whether we have a, a long period of no crowds at the, at the ground or whether that evolves into a period of some crowds or whether a vaccine's found, uh, we're ready for all those different eventualities now. Have you got more reason to be hopeful that we'll get some sort of crowds back this year now than, than the way it was looking a few weeks ago? Or I'm trying not to pin my hopes on it because there's clearly still significant doubt about whether it will happen. So I'm trying to be pretty analytical about the whole thing and just make sure that we've got all the bases covered regardless of what does happen, Anthony. How did you settle on the on the member discounts going going forward for, for 2021? Very tough decision. We had to, in the note I sent out to members, I, I covered this. Uh, but we, we really had to balance a whole lot of different factors here. But the, the, the dominant factors we had to balance were threefold. Firstly, that we, we definitely had to recognise that, that members hadn't got the, the level of content that they are expecting to get because of what's been cancelled as a result of this virus. But just as importantly, we had to recognise that uh, we're custodians of a club uh, we are here and we have great benefits at this club because uh, in the past the club didn't just think about the current members but it thought about the future and it thought about the, the financial viability of the club going forward. So we have to do things within the constraints of what's affordable and, and what's reasonable. And thirdly, we had to recognise that this hasn't hit all members equally and some of our members are going to be suffering real hardship and job loss and it would be a, an awful situation for a member as a result of COVID-19 to literally not be able to pay their membership for a year and hence go to the back of the queue and wait another 20 years. So that's why we uh, elected as a once-off to bring in, this, uh, bring in this hardship provision as well. So in terms of the, of the future of the, of the club, what are the financial implications? Have you had to sort of re-budget and put long-term projects back a little and those sort of things? Yeah, so the, the point to note there, and it's interestingly, not all members are fully aware of this, and that is that the, the running of the club is fully integrated with our role of managing the MCG. So these grandstands sit on the balance sheet of the club. The outstanding debt of building this northern stand is still our debt as a club that we have a very significant interest bill on, on each year. So, so you, you need, we need to think about the, um, you know, the whole sort of future s scenarios, uh, taking into account that 
managing the ground and running our club are totally interlinked and, and, and one doesn't, doesn't work without the other. So as a result of the fact that we've lost a lot of our revenue, we just have to manage our cash flow incredibly careful over this upcoming period. And that means that a lot of the capital projects that we would have liked to have done over the, over the next couple of years will probably be shelved. Right, so to, to that, that degree that you're gonna have, some projects are going to be shelved. That, that's, that's very likely to happen. In fact, that's already happened with some projects. It's just a case of as, as the crisis evolves, we'll work out whether we can, whether we can ramp those up pretty quickly uh, and that will just depend on uh, how the finances of the club look as we, as we do finally emerge from this. So what's been going on at the ground during isolation? Sadly, not a lot. <laughs> Um, obviously, the, the one thing that has gone on, well, not as normal because there's been no games, but, but the preparation of the turf and the arena has, has been continuing. But in line with the government restrictions, virtually everything else has been happening remotely. We've had a skeleton security staff at the ground. There's been uh, a need for people to come in to do some things around, around the obvious sort of maintenance that has to be done at the place. But the workforce have, have up till now been working remotely. Okay, a couple of uh, causes I know that are really close to the heart of uh, the MCC and also to the to the members. The big freeze at the G and the sleep at the G. I guess everything in the world is being done a little differently this year, isn't it? Yes, it is, and it's great to see that the big freeze is still going ahead. Uh, we won't play our usual role in that, but obviously we'll still be supportive. And uh, we'll, I hope our members will be supporting it as well and we'll look forward to resuming our usual role of, uh, of hosting the slide down the, into the ice here um, hopefully next year. Well, Mark, it's been great to catch up. I'm sure we can do an episode on life on the road as a real tennis player at some stage. It might be a little <laughs> bit down the pecking order, but it's fantastic to have the opportunity to help tell the history of the MCG. And as I said, it's certainly great to be back here looking over the magnificent grass and we'll have footy soon. And hopefully if your demons can make it through to play on whatever the date is of the grand final, we might be able to get a few of the members in to watch. That would be fantastic. Great to talk to you today, Anthony. Thanks, Michael. And that's it for our introductory episode of At The G. Make sure you catch us soon as we go back for all the drama and emotion of the 2006 Commonwealth Games at the mighty MCG.